Christopher, you ready to come up? Yes, sir. All right. Would you welcome Brother Christopher Alam and let him do? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we honor you, glorify you this evening. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died upon the cross for us, taking upon yourself our sins and our diseases. And your word declares that where two or three of us are gathered together in your name, you are then in the midst of them. So, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we honor your presence in this place tonight. We thank you for being in our midst We ask you, Lord, that you would reach out with your mighty hand and confirm your word, Father. Touch our hearts, touch our souls, touch our bodies. Do miracles in this place. Heal those that are sick. And Lord, for everything you do, we covenant to give you all the glory, all the honor and the praise because you alone are worthy. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Please be seated. Praise God. Thank you. Pastor John, appreciate it very much. Appreciate your kind words. I'm greatly honored to be here with you. Amen. Hadi, are you here? Hadi. Hadi El Awad. Okay, he should be coming. I've got a friend from Lebanon, a pastor from Beirut. He should be coming in. He's new in this area. Anyway, praise God. Let's go to John chapter 3. I'm going to read to you from John chapter 3. Praise God. Now, in John chapter 3, we read the story of, uh, of Nicodemus. Uh, remember the Jewish priest, Nicodemus, who came to see Jesus in the middle of the night, and Jesus begins to talk to him. And in that conversation, this is what Jesus says. In verse 14, 15, verse 14 and 15. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now we can even read verse 16 and 17. For God so loved the world... That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. Amen. So Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he begins to refer to the story of Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness. And this was a story that was, uh, I mean, it was uh, one of the famous stories of the Bible that every Jew knew this story. And so Jesus is referring to this story and he is giving a new twist or rather he's, he's giving Nicodemus the real meaning, the true meaning of the story. Because you see, everything in the Old Testament is a type and shadow of what is in the New Testament. The fulfillment of the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, is found in Christ. You know, because if you, here's the rule of the thumb, if you take Jesus out of the picture, you'll have a very hard time understanding the Old Testament. But you see, you'll see the fulfillment of the Old Testament in the life of Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. So everybody knew the story about Moses uh, and the serpent in the wilderness. And so now Jesus is referring to this story. And let's go into it a little bit so I can tell you what happened. Because this story took place approximately 2,000 years before Christ. So you can say 2,000 years before Jesus or 4,000 years from our time, from where we are now, this story took place 4,000 years ago and 2,000 years before Jesus. And this was when the children of Israel were in the wilderness. Now, if you look at the history of the children of Israel, it was very interesting. When they came out of Egypt, uh, the, the Lord gave them a wonderful deliverance and they were happy, they were excited, they were praising God, they worshipped God and they served Him. And soon after some time, their hearts began to get cold. 
and as their hearts got cold, they turned away from God, they backslid, and when they would backslide, curses would come upon them. Because in the book of Deuteronomy, you read about the blessings and the curses. Now, these days people talk about good luck and bad luck. You know, I have people come to me and say, Pastor, I had bad luck. Can you pray for me? And I tell them there's no such thing as good luck or bad luck. But there are blessings and curses. Amen. And uh, now, you and I don't have to worry about curses because in Galatians chapter 3, it says that Christ has become a curse for us. Because cursed is he who is crucified, who's hung on a tree. So, Jesus, when he died upon the cross, he became a curse for us. So, every curse that was destined for you and me came upon Jesus Christ. And so, because of that, you and I cannot be cursed. Do you understand that? Because I know there are books written about generational curses and all that. But if you, if you study the Old Testament, what the Old Testament says about generational curses. In fact, the entire teaching of generational curses in our day, it stems from one verse. Just one verse in the Old Testament. And it says, this is what it says. He says, for the I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Right? And I'll visit the iniquities of the father upon the children and the second, third generation. But then the rest of the verse says, but showing mercy to them that love me. So it's very clear from that scripture and other scriptures that yes, there are generational curses upon the ungodly. But they are not valid for you and me. Because if we love Jesus, God shows us mercy and we are spared the curses. That could, that would be otherwise upon us because of the sins of our fathers. Amen. The sin, there are curses. Yes, they do exist. But they are not for those who are in Christ. For two reasons. Firstly, the Bible does say the same verse that talks about generational curses. Does say that uh, yes, there are generational curses. And God visits people with generational curses. But to those who love Jesus... There is mercy, there's deliverance from curses. That's the first reason. The second reason why no curse can touch you is because Jesus became a curse for us. In Galatians chapter 3, he was cursed that, so that you and I can be blessed. Amen? So there is no reason for you to fear that curses will come upon you uh, because of that. Because of the sacrifice of Christ upon the cross. And, uh, but... But if you still choose to believe that curses will come upon you, God bless you, they will come upon you. Because the devil will take every door that you open to him. Amen. Every do- and also the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If that is what you believe, that is what's going to happen to you. But really, because of the blood of Jesus, the devil does not have the power to put curses upon God's people. Then Ephesians chapter 1, it says that, praise be, the, praise be the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every blessing in Christ in the heavenly realms. So, how can the devil curse somebody who according to the word of God is blessed with every blessing in Christ in the heavenly realm? Amen. Whatever, the, whatever design the devil may have for you, God has outblessed it. The blessings of God are greater than anything that the devil can put upon. You see, all these things are actually, it comes down to one thing. These things are positional. It depends upon the position you take in Christ. If you think that you're a nobody, you are a victim, and you, you know, you got grandmother who was into occultism, who was a witch, and then people, and witch doctors, especially I know people from African background, they come to me, oh, someone, someone, some juju, somebody in Nigeria, they, they put a curse on me, and, and, and because that's what their pastors teach them, you know. And, and normally if you give an offering, of course the curse will be broken. So, you know, so it always, it's always, uh, you know, it's, it's a scam, it's a racket. You know what I'm saying? That, uh, and, and what I'm saying, look, I work in Africa and there you have witch doctors and all that doing. They do their thing. They do their thing. But believers have to learn to stand fast in their rights, in their place, in Christ. And what Jesus Christ has done for them. And not accept that background. 
Because there's no witch doctor who has greater power than the blood of Jesus Christ. So you... So all this is positional. It depends upon what position you believe you have in Christ. If you believe that you are washed in the blood of Jesus, that Jesus has paid a price for you. If you believe with all your heart that you, that God has raised you up and seated you at his right hand side with Christ Jesus, that you are at the right hand side of God in Christ and that all things belong to you and the devil is under your feet and that greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world you know then then you you will live at that level so it all depends upon who you listen to it all and 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 listen let me say this there's one thing we all have in common we human beings no matter who you are where you're from we are all influenced by what we hear right whatever we are in life doesn't matter how strong you think you are you are influenced by what you read by what you hear, what people say to you. You're influenced by the voice and you cannot choose that. You cannot say, well, I don't want to be influenced by anybody. Well, you will be whether you like it or not. But one place where we all have a choice, we can choose whose voice we hear. We have a choice whose influence we allow into our lives. That's why I'm very choosy. But what I read, who I listen to you, what I believe, you know, I'm very choosy because I know I, I'm easily influenced. And so I, I'm, I'm very careful. I'm choosy about who I allow to get inside my brain, under my skin, you know. So you, you, you just have to be careful. But anyway, we are to, I don't know how I got into this, but we are, to, we are talking about curses. Because if you look at Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 28, it talks about the blessings and the curses. And uh, if you, this is what God said to the Israelites. If you obey God, these are the blessings. If you dis- disobey God, here are the curses. And the curses were actually the threefold curses. Was poverty, disease, and death. Poverty, disease, and death is the threefold curse for disobeying the word of God. Right? Now, let's go back to the story, the narrative. So when the people of Israel would backslide and they would sin, the curse would come upon them. Poverty, disease, and death. I mean, they would sow and the Philistines would come and reap and, you know, they would work hard and they would never reap the fruit of their labors and they really suffered. And then this would go on for some time. And then somebody would say, you know, this is happening because we have turned away from God, let us turn back to God. And then they would repent, they would turn to God, and God would raise up a deliverer. And you read about those deliverers, they were, you know, you read about the judges, you read about Joshua, you read about, uh, uh, you read about uh, Samson, these were all judges, you know. And so God would raise up a deliverer, and they would set the people of Israel free. And when they were delivered, they would trust God again. They would serve him and everything was wonderful. They would worship God. And then soon their hearts would get cold. You know, they would enjoy the prosperity and blessings. You know, there's nothing that can be as bad for you as the blessings of God that are not handled properly. When God blesses us, if we don't know how to handle the blessings of God, if our hearts are not at a place where we can contain the blessings of God... That can cause us to turn away from God. And so they would, have, they would turn away from God. Then those bad things would happen to them again. And it seems to me that they never learned from the mistakes. They never learned from the mistakes and the sufferings of the previous generations. But every generation would make the same mistake. They would repeat that same mistake. And that's mankind. Mankind never learns. When World War I ended, there was so much of destruction... They said this is, World War I was known as the war to end all wars. Yet 21 years later, there was World War II. And the world still hasn't learned. But that is the nature of mankind. So anyway, now the children of Israel are in the desert. They're in the days of Moses and they don't listen to Moses preaching. They're largely ignoring him, doing their own thing. And one day, the curse came upon them. But this time, the curse came in a very unique fashion. Uh, instead of poverty, disease, of, or death, suddenly thousands of snakes came from nowhere. Nobody knows where they came from. I mean, tens of thousands of poisonous snakes came into the camp and began to bite the people. 
And uh, listen, snake bite is a very slow and painful way to die. So I can only imagine the scene. There's tens of thousands of Israelites writhing and rolling on the ground, screaming in agony as the snake poison began to go through their you know, through their system, into their blood. It's very painful. I've seen people with snake bite. It's terrible. And these people are dying and they begin to cry out. And then somebody, somebody says, this is happening because we have sinned against God. Then somebody else says, yes, let's find Moses because Moses is the only one who talks to God and God talks to him. So they ran to Moses. And they said to Moses, Moses, we are suffering. Look at what has happened. And they, he told Moses, they told Moses what happened. The snakes are in the camp, they're biting the people. People are dying. There's destruction, there's death. Please do something. And Moses went before the Lord. And he interceded on behalf of the people. The Bible says Moses was very, a very meek and a, a very gentle and compassionate man. He could have said, I told you so. You know, shook his finger, but he didn't do that. He went straight before the Lord and he cried out to the Lord. And the Lord told him, Moses, this is what you do. Take some copper. Now, copper in its purest form is very pliable. It's, it's a very soft metal. He said, take some copper and quickly uh, fashion a snake, a serpent of copper. Then you nail that copper serpent to a pole and lift up that, that wooden pole with a copper serpent and, and take the copper serpent to the middle of the camp and raise up that copper serpent and tell the people to look at the copper serpent. And everybody who looks at the copper serpent, his sin shall be forgiven, the curse shall be broken, he shall be healed, and he shall live. And he shall not die. So Moses quickly took some copper. He made a copper serpent and he nailed it to a wooden pole. And he ran with that pole with that copper serpent and stood in the midst of the people. And he lifted up that copper serpent and he cried out to the people. He said, look at this copper serpent. Here's your deliverance. And as those people, I mean, there were tens of thousands or maybe hundreds of thousands of them who were dying, screaming in agony as they turned their heads and looked at the copper serpent, a wonderful miracle took place. Each man, woman, and child who looked at that copper serpent that day, in an instant, their sins were forgiven. The curse was broken. They were healed. They did not die. And they lived. Numerically speaking, after the miraculous deliverance of the people of Israel coming out of the Red Sea. This was a huge, I mean, probably the second largest miracle that they ever experienced through that one act of God, that one copper serpent, just by looking at it, an entire nation was delivered. Hallelujah. So Jesus is telling Nicodemus the true story. It's real meaning. He says, Nicodemus, do you remember that copper serpent that Moses lifted up in the wilderness? And of course, Moses uh, lifted the copper serpent. Every Israelite knew that story and Nicodemus knew the story. And so he says, just like Moses lifted up that copper serpent in the wilderness, in the same manner, I shall be nailed to a cross and I shall be lifted up. So that whosoever looks at me, all his sins shall be forgiven. Every curse upon his life shall be broken. His diseases shall be healed. And he shall not die, but he shall live. So that is what Jesus was saying. He was giving Nicodemus the true and the deeper meaning of the story Behind the copper serpent. And this was before the cross. Just like Moses lifted up that copper serpent in the wilderness. In the same way I shall be lifted up. And he's referring to the way he would die upon the cross. So that whoever, whosoever, that means whosoever, anyone in the world believes in me. The same thing shall happen to them as happened to the people who looked at the copper serpent. Their sins shall be forgiven. 
Their, the curses upon their life shall be broken. Their diseases shall be healed. They shall not die, but they shall live. Hallelujah. So that was the story of the copper serpent. So now, there are three significant differences between Jesus and the copper serpent. The first difference is, that copper serpent, it was what you would call a one-hit wonder. That miracle, that great miracle of forgiveness of sin and deliverance and healing through that copper serpent, it took place only once. That day on Mount Nebo, which is in Jordan right now, and if you go to Mount Nebo, it's, uh, uh, it's not very far from where my grandfather grew up, you know, the city of Salt in Jordan. That's where my family comes from. And you, you, you can drive there. And, and, and you, you see that there's actually a monument on the hilltop. It's called Mount Nebo. And they have made an, you know, a thing of the copper serpent. And this is where it took place. You can actually go and see it. But what happened there on Mount Nebo that day? It happened only once. There is no record of anyone ever being healed from that copper, by that copper serpent or by looking at that copper serpent ever again. Only one time. I don't know why, but that God gave that thing with the copper serpent just for that day. It never happened again. But Jesus is an eternal savior. He's an eternal healer. He's an eternal deliverer. For the past 2,000 years, Jesus has been saving sinners and breaking curses and setting people free. Hallelujah. The second significant difference between Jesus and the copper serpent is that that copper serpent was only for the people of Israel. Right? Now, if there's anyone who is Jewish... I say to you, Shalom, God bless you. But if you're not Jewish, but you are like me, what they call a Gentile background, it doesn't matter. You could have run around that copper serpent blowing your shofar until your face turned blue, nothing would happen. Do you understand? You could get rebaptized in the river Jordan and say shalom instead of hello and done all those Jewish things that Christians like to do. It wouldn't have done you a lick of good because that copper serpent was only for the people of Israel. Amen. Amen. We were excluded. We who are not Jews, we were excluded. It was not for us. That's the second difference. That's why I thank God for the cross. Because the cross, it includes the Jews, but it also includes everybody. Doesn't matter black, white, Chinese, Arab. Doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. It includes all of us. Hallelujah. That's the wonderful thing about the gospel. The third difference between Jesus and that copper serpent. Here's the thing. What happened to the copper serpent? We know this much. Okay, that, you know, religious people, they like relics. They like relics. Even now, you go to some churches, they have bones of different saints, you know, or the tooth of, uh, or a molar, you know, certain (laughs) saying, no, 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 it's true. I'm not making this up. They, you know, certain churches, you know, they, they keep those, they, uh, they, they keep, uh, they, they keep those relics and people come and worship them. And uh, there's a church in Washington, D.C. that claims to have a sliver of wood from the true cross on which the Lord was crucified. And they have a video up on YouTube talking about why this piece of wood is the genuine article. And I have a friend who fell for it, who had a preacher who believed it. I said, man, are you crazy? But, but what I'm saying is that people love these religious things. Right? I mean, people... People, you know, there's like bones and tufts of hair from some saint and, uh, you know, things like that. Some people, it's, it's, it's like Elvis's toenail clippings, you know. <laughs> you go to Memphis and God, 
Yeah, my daughter. My daughter went to an Elvis Presley museum and there was this thing with Elvis Presley's toenail clippings, you know. And strands of hair from one of his combs, you know. I mean, you know that people, people like to worship these things. Pe- people like to, you know, people, people think that somehow through these things they can have a connection with God. You know, they have some kind of connection. So this, this, uh, this copper serpent, we know that the people of Israel carried this around. They used to carry it around because it almost became like a national symbol for them. In fact, in fact, that copper serpent became a symbol of God's covenant of healing and deliverance. So that even to this day, 4,000 years later, you can go to any pharmacy, any hospital. And if you look, you will see a symbol of a pole with a serpent on it. Have you seen it? It has become a symbol. It, is, it, it was a symbol of God's healing covenant. And so today it is a symbol of healing of medical science. Right? And people don't even know that it comes from the Bible. Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> but, but it's there. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that copper serpent, it, it became like a relic. You know, they, they, first the people of Israel carried it around. Although it never healed anyone else. Nobody ever got healed or delivered or anything good happened to anybody else because of it. They still persisted on carrying it around. You know how, do you know how long they began to carry it? They, they carried it for 1200 years. I know it's in the Bible. I read it. I wanted to study the history of the copper serpent. I found out that for 1200 years, the people of Israel carried that copper serpent around. And then they finally built an altar for it and put it on an altar and they began to worship it. And then 1200 years later, there came a king called Hezekiah. And you know the story of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a godly man. When he saw the way these people were worshiping Moses' copper serpent, he ordered the thing to be destroyed. So they destroyed the copper serpent. Nobody knows where the parts are. Uh, nobody, I mean, otherwise people would find the grindings, you know, I don't know. Uh, and then they'd worship that. But anyway, they got rid of Hezekiah. Twelve, can you imagine? One thousand two hundred years they carried that copper serpent and they were worshiping it. I don't know, maybe they were hoping that someday something might happen. But nothing happened. Hezekiah, he had that thing destroyed. And once it was destroyed, it was gone. And to this day, nobody knows where that copper serpent is. It's gone. It was destroyed by Hezekiah. We don't know how it was destroyed. We just know that it is gone. But I have good news for you. I know where Jesus is. They killed him and he died and they put him in a grave. But he rose up from the dead. And he walked on this earth, he ascended to heaven, and he's at the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says that he is at the right hand of the Father, where he's interceding for you and for me. And he's praying, and he sent down his Holy Spirit, and he walks in our midst. And the Bible says that he's watching over his word to perform it. Then he says that he's the guarantor of the new covenant. That means everything that he has purchased with his blood, he is there to make sure that you are a partaker of it. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. He is the same today and he shall be the same forever. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ has not changed. He is still the savior. He is still the life changer. He does the same things today that he did 2000 years ago. Hallelujah. So that is the, these are the differences between Jesus and the copper serpent. The copper serpent was a one-hit wonder. That was it. <laughs> Secondly, it was only for the Jews. 
Thirdly, they worshipped it and carried it around for 1200 years. Wherever the Israelites went, they carried the copper serpent around. Then they began to worship it until Hezekiah came 1200 years after Moses. And he ordered that thing destroyed because obviously he didn't believe in relics and he destroyed it. But we know who Jesus is. So Jesus says, just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, in the same way shall I be lifted up. That means I shall be nailed to the cross. And when I'm nailed to the cross, the same thing will happen. That happened to people when they looked at that serpent. Anyone who looks at me and believes in me, his sins shall be forgiven. The curses upon his life shall be broken. He shall be healed from his diseases and sicknesses. And he shall not die. And he shall live. Hallelujah. And then he says, why? He says, because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Because God loved the world. God did not send his son to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us bow our heads together. Thank you Jesus. Father I thank you. I thank you Lord Jesus for what you have done for us. Upon the cross, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that upon the cross you bore all of our diseases, all our sins. You broke every curse that could ever be upon us. Even though those curses would come upon us because of our own sins and shortcomings. Because yet you bore our sins. You paid the total price for us. You are the total Savior, the perfect Savior. Taking our diseases, our sicknesses upon your own self. And by your stripes we have been healed. I thank you Lord Jesus. I thank you for your mercy upon each one of us. I thank you Lord Jesus that tonight there is forgiveness. There is healing. There is deliverance from every sin, from every sickness. From every kind of disease and infirmity. I thank you Lord. I thank you. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. While your head's about, if there's anybody in this place, and you say, Brother Christopher, I don't know whether I'm saved, but I need my sins to be forgiven. I need to get right with God. If there's anybody in that condition, let me just see your hand, because more than anything else, I want to pray with you. If that's the condition of your soul, God bless you right there. Is there anybody else? Say, Brother Christopher, I need to get right with God. I need my sins to be forgiven. Maybe the rest of you people, you say, Brother, I'm already saved. I have peace with God, and that's wonderful. But if there's anybody here, you need to give your life to Jesus. This is your opportunity because I don't want you to lay in your bed with regret in your heart, saying to yourself that I should have given my life to Jesus but I didn't do so because I was too concerned with what people would think of me because nobody really cares what people think what's important is to understand that we stand before God is there anybody else you need to get right with God other than the lady there then just show me a hand high enough so that I can see it because I'll pray with you God bless you young lady God bless you. Anybody else? Yes, I see that. God bless you. Need to get right with God. You also, madam? Okay. You speak English? Yes. Okay, good. Now those of you who put your hand up, could you please stand to your feet? Nothing to be ashamed of. I don't want to embarrass you, but we must do this. So if you need to give your life to Jesus, just stand up. Please stand up. Please stand up and just come and join me here. Just come and join me in the front. I want to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. Just come join me. Nothing to be embarrassed about. Nothing to be ashamed of. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, madam. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now, if they are friends who brought them, 
If they are friends, you can come and stand with them, okay? If they've got, if you've got a friend, madam, come and stand with your friend. Is there anybody who came with you? Just come and stand with them. It's good. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Anybody else? If you're sitting there and your heart is saying to you that I shouldn't be sitting down, I should be standing with these ladies here. Anybody else? Just want to make sure. All right. Okay, lift up your hands to God. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you this evening in faith, knowing that you died for me upon that cross, taking upon yourself all of my sins and my failures. Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. I ask you to come into my heart and to live in me. And just like you gave your life for me, I give my life to you. Jesus, I acknowledge you as my Lord, as my God, as my Savior. Take away all my sins and make me clean. Put your hand upon me and help me, Jesus, that I may walk with you. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for these precious people. Let not one fall by the wayside and be lost, but let each one be raised up on that last day. Could you put your hands upon them and just pray for them? Just pray for them and bless them in the name of Jesus. Just pray and speak blessings upon them. Can some other people come, Pastor John? Will you come? Okay, we'll do that, yeah. In Jesus' name, just pray for them. Pray blessings upon their lives. Thank you, Father. Father, we honor you. We bless you. We glorify you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, bless, bless them, bless their homes, bless their families, bless their relationships, bless their lives, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor, who will take them? Is there anybody who can... They want to give you some literature if you go to that room, okay? You come back. God bless you, ladies. Thank you, Father. Let's all stand up together. Let's all. This is the most important thing. This has to be done, you know. Let's lift up our hands to God. Let's thank Him. Father, we thank you. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done for us, all that you did for us upon the cross of Calvary that you bore all our sins and carried all our diseases and our infirmities and you broke every curse from over our lives, Lord, and you set us free. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you said that you, whatsoever we shall ask the Father in your name, it shall be done. I thank you, Father. I thank you. I thank you because the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Father, I thank you. Father, I honor you. Father, I bless you. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, Santelekera, Manji, Ke. Now somebody out on this side has arthritis. You've got trouble, you know, bad arthritis in your, you? Is there anybody else? It's somewhere here. You, lady, you? Arthritis, your, your wrists and are locked up. You're trouble with your wrists. You can't move them. Okay, these ladies with arthritis, can you come forward? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just come, sir. You also can come and stand here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, there's somebody else. This is, this is very specific. That there's somebody who, whose liver, there's something wrong with their liver. I don't know what it is, how far it is deteriorated, but there is something wrong with your liver. Uh, is there anybody here? Liver, put your hand up with your liver. Liver, and you know it because that's what the doctors have told you. That there is something with your liver that's not right? Okay, I want you to come. Just come. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
nikah hasan dekhe na kori hamba hasati ahanda come here so what's wrong with him a bad arthritis okay we will say goodbye to arthur today amen yes yes sir praise god praise god praise god thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus okay is there anybody who's deaf in one or both ears deafness deafness in one ear or both ear anybody who's deafness just come okay now why doesn't this line move forward move forward just move forward just move forward a little bit more that's good that's good that's good thank you father now how many other people want prayer for healing in your body you got other people now i want you to come and stand right here just come stand right here behind them just come if you need prayer thank you father thank you father just come thank you jesus it's okay you don't have to make lines just stand where you are as you are just come we'll find our way through just come just come closer 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 but there's lots of people coming from behind you i want there to be room for everybody just move forward move forward just move forward move forward thank you father thank you father thank you father thank you father now okay thank you jesus Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you Jesus. I think there's space right here on this side also. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. Take a bahasan to lolo bonte. Praise God. Pastor John Could you come and stand here and some of your other pastors are they here your pastors and elders the pastors and elders could you come and stand in front stand in front some of your elders pastors here just just if you move a little bit to the side yeah that's about it brother that's good brother could you stand a little bit to that side so we all spread out all right thank you father now let's do this since there's that many people we'll do i'll do it as i do in africa okay and people get there there's many ways you know jesus when he healed the sick it's interesting how jesus healed the sick normally we think we think this is the way it should be done you will come there'll be a catcher behind you and i'll put my hand on your head and then you will fall and if you don't fall i'll give you a gentle push <laughs> and so then you'll fall and then you think wow something has happened now no no i'm just telling you but now in the bible we don't see that most people were healed because they touched jesus there were crowds of people and as he was passing by it says they just wanted to touch his garment and and all those who touched him were healed right so most of those people he wasn't even aware of them they touched him they were actually laying on the ground they were so sick so large crowds of people were healed because they touched him is interestingly he didn't touch them but they touched him and then he said to them your faith has healed you okay The next biggest group of people who were healed apart from there where it was he was personally ministering to them he didn't even touch them he didn't pray for them he spoke his word to them he said be healed and they were healed or he said go and show yourself to the priest because there was power in his word or he'd say rise up take up your bed and walk right he would speak his word without touching them then there were those people he touched but really if you look at the gospels the people who he physically touched and did something to were a very small minority they were very few 
So most people were healed because they touched him. The next largest group of people who were healed were because he just spoke a word to them. There was such power in his word. In fact, they recognized it so much that one, there was a Roman army officer who came to Jesus. He said, Jesus, you don't even have come. My, my servant is dying. You don't even have to come to my house. Just speak a word. Because you have power in your word. And Jesus said, wow, look at this man's faith. So, you know, so when the word of God goes forth, we, God heals the sick. Amen. So it doesn't have to be one way. There are many, many ways God uses. Alright. So because there's many people, what we are going to do, we are going to do what I call wholesale healing. Okay. You put your hand on the part of your body that is sick or infirm. If it's your ear, close your ear, whatever your disease is, put your hand at the spot. Now, if it's down there, down below, you cannot lean, then you put your, cannot bend down, put your hand on your heart. If it's your knees or something, just put your hand on your heart. Okay, so that's what you do. You have your hand on the spot where your disease is, and then you close your eyes, and then you just think of Jesus. Think of Jesus on the cross. Okay? Don't think of what's going to happen now. Don't think of that. Or don't think, what is he going to do? That's not important. The important thing is Jesus on the cross. Because if you can see him, and if you can see the wounds upon his back, then something's going to happen to you because it is by those stripes, by those wounds, you are healed. That's the wonderful thing. It doesn't say by the hand of the preacher you are healed because the preacher isn't always there with his hand. But Jesus is always there with you wherever you are. You can always close your eyes and you can see him and you can see the wounds upon his back and you can say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that by those wounds I am healed. Isn't that wonderful? God has made his graces, his mercies available to us so that we can appropriate them at any time even if there's no preacher present hallelujah now I'm going to pray Lord Jesus I thank you that when you were whipped and bruised and beaten and crucified you bore upon your own self all of our diseases and carried all of our pains and you said that if we ask the father anything in your name it shall be done for us so thank you Lord Jesus that physical healing is provided for us because you bore our diseases carried all our pains and by your stripes we are healed and you said whatsoever we shall ask the father in your name it shall be done so father I ask you in the name of Jesus to send down the precious healing anointing of your Holy Spirit upon these sick bodies now 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 right now right now right now there it is now just receive it in the name of Jesus of Nazareth the Son of God I thank you father for total healing for the mind and body through your precious blood I cover each person in this place with the precious precious holy blood of Jesus of Nazareth I thank you, Father, for there is life and health and strength and healing in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, I ask you to touch them and to heal them and make them whole by your power in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father, that you hear us right now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are doing your work right now. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are healing them right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Right now, as I'm standing here, God is touching people. God is healing your body. In the name of Jesus, the power of God is coming into your body right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. I cover these. I cover these with the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, 
the blood of Jesus 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 thank you for the blood of Jesus thank you thank you for the blood 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 the blood of Jesus 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 the blood the blood the blood the blood the blood thank you for the blood thank you for the blood thank you for the blood the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus thank you thank you thank you thank you father for total life and total health and total healing through the blood of Jesus thank you father 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 now pastors and leaders i want you to go in and just begin to lay hands on them and minister to them okay in jesus name pastors and leaders just go in and begin to lay hands on them and begin to minister to them thank you father thank you father now i'll switch my microphone off when i'm talking to people i'll switch it on myself just keep 